Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. You're listening to Miss Becky's Classroom. Last time on Miss Becky's classroom. And so the first one reaches out with its tentacles and flips some switches and pulls some levers and and powers down the holograms because all all four hundred and ninety-two of those Chloe's had basically been holographic images over their real selves. And as the holographs click off, anybody who was in those 492 rooms where those little girls were sleeping sees that they weren't in fact identical little girls they were misshapen misformed creations from all the mistakes claire made in her experience now let's pick up our story so we pick up our story and becky is walking through kind of a the countryside, I guess. It's kind of a hilly area with the raccoonicorn on her shoulder. What, what's the name of that raccoonicorn? His name is Cupcake. Cupcake. And so maybe it's <laughs> her. I, him, her? I, it's a don't boy. Know. It's a boy. Okay, so Cupcake is, riding, Cupcake is riding on Becky's shoulders, and he, she's basically trying to take him home, and he's kind of chattering in her ear and, and pointing, and, and for some reason she, like, feels she can understand him now there's totally no reason to believe that she can understand this creature other than the fact that she really feels she can she can sir (laughs) there's a connection they have a soul connection and they they walk along and uh and then you come to this this kind of rotten tree stump this fallen tree stump and and he hops off your shoulder and scurries into the trunk and it, it's like i mean it's a good sized tree and and he stands there at the door and he kind of he kind of motions to you to come on and i follow him right into that stump and so you, you crawl into <laughs> I trust log. him implicitly you crawl into this log and and you crawl for i mean on the outside it looked like it was like maybe a six foot long tree trunk and but you crawl for like it seems like 20 minutes and then you're in this cavern and he kind of smiles at you and he says welcome to my house in like english yes in like english (laughs) becky becky is quite quite astonished that Cupcake has been able to speak English this whole time, but it doesn't surprise her because her little friend is very smart. And he says, I haven't been able to speak English this whole time. I can just do it now that we're here in my, in my magic home. Oh, and I can read your mind. 
That makes sense. Would Would you like some some raccoonicorn wine? Yes, please. And so he goes over uh, to this this beautiful kind of uh, wooden hutch, and he says, "Oh, I built this myself." And he takes out uh, takes out this uh, dried gourd and uh, and some very nice stemware. And out of the gourd, he he pours a a glass of uh, raccoonicorn wine for you, and hands it to you. Pours himself a glass, and uh, and says, "Thanks for thanks for all you did for our our existence." And uh, he kind of. Uh, tip hit glasses and uh, and and take a take a sip and and uh, what's that raccoonicorn wine like? It tastes like piss. <laughs> um, Becky Becky is ninety five percent sure the cupcake just pissed in the gourd, oh. but she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. So because he is a good and good and true friend, so she finishes it. Yeah, and he thinks he because he can read her mind. He says, "No, I didn't just piss in the gourd. It, I let it ferment first. And uh, and he says, "Come on, meet the family." And and you walk family. further. You walk further into uh into the cavern, and and he says, "This is my this is my uh, wife." Uh, uh, um, uh, damn, I didn't think of a wife raccoon name. Uh, Cupcake Carol. and. Uh, and Carol. Carol. <laughs> this is my wife, Carol. And, uh, and uh, you know, you can stay for dinner if you want to. And Carol says, oh, wow, welcome to our little, uh, our little cave. Uh, how you doing? I, 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 I don't know what you, I don't know who you are or why you're with my husband, but uh, uh, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to meet you. Would you like a bandolier too? Um, uh, oh, sure. And I, Becky quickly pulls out her sewing kit and whips out <laughs> a matching cowgirl outfit for Carol. And they're so precious. Uh, and, ah! and, and Carol says, oh, um, th- thank you. Um, this is delightful. Um, Carol is totally not into being dressed up like a cowgirl, but she goes with it because, you know, you're a visitor to her house and everything. And she has little boots. Yeah, yeah. Um, rhinestones. Um, and so you eat dinner with them, and it is a collection of stuff that apparently was pulled out of the dumpster behind the saloon. And it's, I mean, for dumpster food, it's pretty good. And, uh, and then Cupcake says, look. I brought you here for a reason. My wife and I aren't long for this world. What? Um, well, when they started doing all that mining, it apparently released some radiation, and I was down there scavenging a lot, and <coughs> um, <coughs> anyway, we're, we're not going to last too much longer, and I'm wondering... I'm wondering if you could uh, take the children. <gasps> Hold on. Becky has to has to wipe her eyes. I was gonna take you guys back with me. Well, Wait, you said children? Like baby <laughs> baby raccoons? Well, yeah, because the wife and I were <coughs> gonna gonna die, but and really they're not they're not babies yet. They're kind of still eggs but if Aren't you, could, you mammals <laughs> oh, yeah but it kind of works differently here 
Um, so he takes you into a, yet another room and there's this little nest with these, uh, these four uh, little rainbow colored kind of, um, you know, just kind of pastelish rainbow colored eggs. And he says, look, if you, if you take them and you keep them warm, there's a good chance at least a couple of them are going to survive and, and you can raise them up because without us, they're going to die. And <coughs> we, we don't have much time left. Could you, could you do this for us? I will, I will do my very best, Cupcake, my friend. And Cupcake says, one last drink. And he pours some more wine for the three of you and raises his glass and says, <coughs> two, two good friends. Two good friends, Cupcake. And you take a sip. And cup, cupcake keels over. Oh my god! Oh my god. Jeez. And and a and a second later, so does Carol. <sighs> Becky, Becky takes takes their sweet raccoon acorn bodies, wraps them gently in a golden shroud, <laughs> takes them to the trash can behind the saloon, their very favorite place. And throws them in. Did did Becky pick up the eggs before she left their place, or has she got to go back to get them? She has to go back to get them because she was very very distraught. She um, sews herself a little pouch, a little pouch to wear around her neck, and she puts each egg in the pouch. One is purple. One is. Another color. Teal. <laughs> trying to think of magical colors. <laughs> one is hot pink. And one is gray. <laughs> She's a little unsure about that gray one. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she gently puts them in her pouch and leaves the, ca the, the cavern. And when she reaches the stump, she turns and she sets it on fire. So no one can ever find it and defile the home of her good, good friend. And then does she head to the saloon? Yeah, she's thirsty. Well, <laughs> about eight minutes after Becky walked away from the dumpster, headed back to the uh, to that that hollow log, Cupcake says, "Carol, Carol, she's gone. Let's get out of here." <gasps> no! no and so they crawl out of the dumpster and and carol says that was a brilliant idea i never thought we'd get rid of those fucking eggs <gasps> oh and then they scurry off into the woods never trust a trash panda <laughs> i'm glad i set their fucking house on fire <laughs> Yes. Where did they find the eggs then? Were they theirs or do we... That's where, shh, this is storytelling. We'll have to, I mean, we'll have to find out. Um, so everybody's in the bar. Uh, there's some celebrating going on. Uh, Chet and Brett are, are back together sitting at the roulette table having a good time. There's, uh, there's some mo mo monosyllabic uh, romance happening. Kind of like... Love you. Yep. That kind of thing. 
Um, Amanda, have you made your way into the saloon yet? I am. Um, Amanda, yeah, I'm Amanda. I am. <laughs> you were in the back room. I was in the back room. One of the, the barmaids opened my Xanax for me, so things are good. How, um, how, how did you take a Xanax if your head is in a floating there's a little There's a little valve at the huh. top. And you can just like <laughs> kind of like feeding a goldfish. Yeah, yeah. You just drop it in, and then, um, like it's like osmosis. Uh huh. It hits it just, you really hard. Yeah. It just kind of. It's good. It kind of dissolves in the water, and then kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I really want a gin and tonic, and they don't have gin because. We're at the ass end of nowhere. And so I make my way over to Chet and Brett. And I'm not a gambler, but I enjoy watching. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to, to figure out the world in my new body. Do you have your pizza box and its owner's manual with you? I do because I have many tentacles. So yeah, I can, so you just got them kind of. Yeah, it's like everything. I just one tentacle is like a holding. Thing yeah, tentacle. yeah, you're, you're holding tentacle. <laughs> yeah, you're getting it figured out. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um. So you're chilling at the bar with the boys, and I'm sure happy to see them back together. I am. I have ideas. I'm, that, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I'm, I'm going to share with the boys. <laughs> more, more fan fiction. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Claire. You went off to find some of Colette. <clears throat> mm -hmm. What, how did that go? Well, Claire had her bag that has the bottom of bottomless. It's just never ending inside, kind of like the Mary Poppins one. And she started stashing the mementos that meant the most to her and Colette into this bag. And she's trying to look to see where some DNA she can find of Colette since Becky just blew her to bits back in the cavern and there was too much contamination to get a sample of blood back there. She finds a hairbrush and she doesn't remember if, if it's Colette's or if it's her hair or maybe the other person that used to live with them also. So she just kind of stashes it into a little bag and just in case. And then she finds a toothbrush also. I'm just like, yes, let's, let's use this. This is Colette's toothbrush. And so she gets done gathering and putting them into her little evidence bags, I guess would be a good example of them and gets on her horse that she had left at the cabin and heads towards the saloon. And in her head, as she's riding off, she hears, Claire? Claire? Claire, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. We have the Chloe's. We're keeping them safe and comfortable for the time, for the time they have left. You are a monster. We will find you. 
Oh, will you? Oh, we will. <laughs> and the voice is gone. Yeah, Claire's just thinking fucking sidetrack. Getting her all that awesome technology info and the data on that zip drive, but he must have deactivated the device she had installed into all the tentacle monsters' computers to hide her whereabouts all these years and wherever she went so they couldn't find her. So she's rather pissed at sidetrack. Thankful for the technology and all the information that she can do good with it. We'll find out. Exactly. So does she head to the saloon? Yes, she's, yeah, yeah. She and might as well just continue on her way and meet up with the people that she has been traveling with. And so where's, where's Becky in the saloon? What's she up to? Becky is uh, drowning her sorrows in some actual alcohol. Actual, actual <laughs> alcohol. Um, and right about that time, she hears the the trash truck drive up. I, I mean, I know it's the eighteen hundreds, but whatever. They have a trash truck. It drives up wagon, and and the the trash wagon. Yeah. Um, they collect the trash, and she can hear the trash compactor going, and she pours one out and says goodbye, goodbye, my friend. <laughs> um, but you know, you guys know Becky. She, she doesn't stay. She doesn't stay down for long. She's pretty yeah. excited about her her new impending adventure. She does think she hasn't seen anybody else in the group lately, so she wanders around. And she runs into sidetrack. And he says, "Hey, I've got to talk to you. I've got something for you." Cool. What is it? Well, a couple things. First. Becky, I've been observing you because that's kind of what I, I do. I observe. That's kind of my main job. I'm not a hero. I'm an observer. And yeah, I remember when you were a creepy fish in my classroom yeah, observing me all yeah, day long. Yeah, see, I mean, so, I mean, I'm just being who I am. And the thing is, I've noticed that you have a hero's heart. Um, you often act rashly without thinking. You aren't the leader you would like everybody to think you are. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, how many people volunteered to uh, invade the mine without you threatening their lives? Uh, One. Cupcake? One. Brett. Oh, Brett. Brett, that's right. Yes, oh. only Brett. The rest came because you threatened them with a big boom gun. <laughs> I um, got the job done. You got the job done. And see, that's, that's part of the hero's heart thing. I, I have plans for you. And I'm hoping you can refine your hero-ness. And I've got a couple tools to help you out. First, this is a Stratoblaster. And he hands you what looks like a 1980s children's squirt gun. Kind of clear plastic little squirt mm -hmm. gun. That, this, this is pre-Super Soaker. And he hands it to you and he says, this weapon will take on the appearance of whatever you need it to look like wherever you are. So if you are, for example, in a, a pre-gunpowder civilization, it may look like a sword or a bow and arrow 
or a crossbow or a spear. If you are in a super advanced society, it may look like Han Solo's blaster. Um, also, it will shoot whatever it determines is the best thing to fire in the given situation. Um, there's a lot of technology in this thing. Uh, here's the user manual. Make sure you read it. And he hands you this three-ring binder that's about three inches thick. Not like the, not like the normal ones, those big binders, uh -huh. maybe four or five inches thick. And he says, um, go, go ahead, give it a try. Pew, pew! And <laughs> out of that thing shoots what looks like – it looks like uh, – <laughs> it looks like uh, uh, pool noodles just colored pool noodles, except they hit one of the townspeople on the other side of the bar, and they apparently are sticky because they hit this dude, and then they kind of stick him to the wall. He flies backwards, and then they're across his body and just kind of kind of like, uh, like a glue trap, stick him to the wall. Inside track says, says, try again. Like at the same guy? Yeah, it's up to you. Pew, pew! Was it at the same guy? Yeah. And, and this time, it is, it is a big, uh, cartoonish-looking uh, boxing glove that, comes, that flies across the room and just punches the guy in the face. And, <laughs> and then a bunch, of coins, a bunch of coins fall out of his pocket and, uh, and, and eight aces because he'd been sitting there cheating at cards. <gasps> You're a bad man, sir. You deserve that. And so Sidetrack says, you, you like it? You see how it might come in handy? Oh my God, it's the best gift ever. Thank you so much. And he says, hold your horses. You might like this one even better. What? It's like and Christmas. He, and he hands, you, he hands you a what you recognize as an iPhone box. <gasps> Is it a new phone? And you open it up. <laughs> And it is a black, apparently iPhone. You know this because on the back of it, it says iPhone, iPhone, um, I got to look at my notes here to make sure I get this right. iPhone M, it says on the back. That's the iPhone 1000. <gasps> Sidetrack. This what is, does it do? He says... <laughs> He says, if I understand right, where you come from, the time and place you come from, they just introduced the iPhone 10 or 11. Um, this is the iPhone 1000. That's 990 generations of technology more advanced than what you had. This thing is nuclear powered. Your battery will never run low. It also allows you to communicate and post to social media from any time or place <laughs> you might find yourself in. And it does a lot more. He hands you another binder just as big as the other one. Sidetrack. Becky can't really speak because she's crying and she's so happy. She does think in her head that Sidetrack has apparently never bought an Apple product before because they don't come with user manuals. <laughs> but, um, but she's just, she's speechless. Sidetrack says, I know these things don't usually come with user manuals, but I thought 
this is a little bit beyond your uh, pay grade, and I thought you might need some help, so I, I, I actually wrote this for you. There's lots of pictures. <laughs> Becky could have been a nuclear physicist, if you remember correctly. She's not stupid, but she stopped listening after she heard the word iPhone, um, so she's not going to read that thing. <laughs> That's exactly what I expected, which make, what makes for some interesting things in the future of the story. Um, Amanda, your phone dings. What the hell was that? You've I'm got a text message. You've got a text message. All right. Let's see who this is from. You open it up. It's, uh, it's a message from, uh, from, from Lisa Murphy. How did, what? How did a, Lisa Murphy get my? Well, a couple, a couple, a couple days before you left on this adventure, you had messaged her because she was going to be speaking at a conference in uh, in your area, and you had invited her to stop by the center after the presentation because you had been planning on being at that conference. And she was just messaging to to confirm that tomorrow afternoon she would be showing up at the center. Oh, crap. We've got to get back. If, if Lisa Murphy's showing up, we have to get back to Mud Puppies. You do have a magical pizza box. Really do. Amanda scurries over to Becky to show her the message, mostly to brag that Lisa Murphy was messaging her. But, does, uh, does Becky know who Lisa Murphy is? Or care because she's got a new iPhone and a gun. She really doesn't. Becky doesn't care about anything. <laughs> pew pew! <laughs> There's a new sheriff in town. Amanda, look at my new toy! God. Becky, we have to get back to mud puppies. Why? Lisa Murphy's coming. Um. Oh my God! We were going to go to the conference before all this happened. Um... In Cincinnati. Mm. She's the ooey gooey lady. I, oh, oh, okay. I think I follow her on Instagram. Oh, Jesus. We have to go home. About I this time, Claire walks into the, into the saloon as well. <clears throat> Claire walks in and she sees that Becky and Amanda are actually standing next to each other. So it's not that hard to find and. Then she noticed a guy attached to the wall that's sticky <laughs> and there's a pile of, well, a, a couple of coins are underneath him. But there's several people that are quite joyous and gambling extra hard. So she thinks, eh, normal scene and wanders over to Claire and, or to um, Amanda and Becky. Claire, we're going home. Home? Which home? Mud Puppies. Oh. oh, Mud Puppies. Sorry. Yeah. 2019. Our home, not oh. yours. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Now? Yes. Why? Why so Be soon? Because I have a meeting tomorrow at Mud Puppies. A meeting? You're that concerned with a meeting all of a sudden? Yeah, because I'm a professional and I don't like to, you know... But, but 
Do you see? Do you see how you look? Claire, are you coming or not? I'm going back to mud puppies. I'm fine with my body how it is. If you don't like my body, don't look at me. But if you don't remember, you have like four or five other daughters back there. I don't know if you want to go see them. You've been gone for a while. And a husband. Oh. Oh, yeah. Kevin with a C. Oh, sorry. So Should we bring, are we bringing anybody else with us? Chet, Brett, you guys want to go on a trip? Yeah. Let's go. So how, how are we getting back? I've got I a do pizza not box. have the tech. I've got a pizza box. You have a pizza box. Yes. Sidetrack kept this from us this entire time. Everything could have been avoided if he had given me this pizza box just a bit earlier. Did you read the manual? I'm going to read the manual and then we'll go. (laughs) Can we bring your body? It could be a cool prank. (sighs) Sure. Okay, cool. Hold on just a little bit. So do you throw this pizza box down and... uh... I haven't read the manual. Okay, yeah, but this episode episode needs to wrap up sometime here (laughs) in the before you can read the manual or you oh. get to figure something out. Jesus. Do you, you remember fucking, enough? I read the manual. Becky gets my body. Claire does whatever crazy ass things Claire has to do with samples and readings and sidetrack just sits there like an asshole and doesn't do anything. And Chet and Brett are the muscle carrying my dead body wrapped in a burlap sack. I'll say, okay, so you're ready to go. You've thrown this pizza, pizza box, box on. down. You're on the pizza box. Do you tell, you tell everybody else to get on the pizza box? Everybody get on the pizza box. Everybody touch me just in case because I've only traveled with Sidetrack and I don't t- trust him. Everybody grabs a tentacle. <laughs> Claire just gently touches the lower half of Amanda. Tentacle. It's furry. No. It's beautiful. And so do you push the green button? Oh, I pushed that green button. And as you're pushing, dreaming of mud puppies, 2019. Hole in the fence. And as you as you push that button, you hear Sidetrack, who's still sitting at the bar, say, "Oh Jesus! Good luck. I'll be in touch. I've got to (gasps) go." And you disappear, and you all end up back in the right timeline the day before Lisa Murphy is supposed to come and visit. Now, why Claire didn't program in a date a week earlier because she has total control over time and space, we don't know, mostly because she didn't finish reading the manual. But you don't all land the same place. Um, Claire arrives home because Amanda said that everybody's going home. Claire arrives home in her lab down in the basement below her house where Kevin with a K is sitting at the computer. He, she pops into the room, Kevin with a C, uh, pops, she, he, she pops into the room and uh, he clicks off the computer monitor and says, oh, hey, you're home. Uh, Becky, Brett, and Chet show up at Becky's apartment. Aww. And Amanda tentacles and all pops into her parents living room 
her her parents are uh, watching watching uh, late night TV, sitting there on the couch, and she just kind of pops into the recliner next to them, and uh, and says, "Oh, hey, mom and dad," and that's where we're going to end this episode. Dun dun dun. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, share the show, unless you're you know, too embarrassed, which we totally understand. Hey, you can also head over to playvolutionhq.com slash podcasts slash Becky and engage with us. Back soon with another episode. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh...